uh, I forgot what country it was, but it was this country in Africa. Uh, their economy turned around so much that they were able to build their own space program, and they're the J- ones that kind of Jamaica. Like, that's not in Africa. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Welcome to episode 54. This episode of 2 we talk about maximum effort, spin-off of a spin-off, and let's science the hell out of this heist. I'm Al Flores. And I'm Anton Duong. Anton, how's your week been? Uh, it's still non-stop. It's still going. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure listeners uh, noticed the late episode <laughs> release. Yeah. Or, or the doubled up episode release on, on this week. Yeah, it's crazy because my whole week has been like nonstop with work and everything, and then uh, I already planned to go to New York um, like two months ago. Yeah, and, and it just happens to be that same week where I just came back from Houston, and it, it, it's just ridiculous. Um, I really didn't want to go because I had no energy left, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just sucked it up and uh, and went. Uh, it kind of delayed. The episode a little bit but i got a chance to you know finally get it out probably like a week later than it should uh yeah two two days before the other one <laughs> yeah that's fine it's out there it's good mm-hmm. but anyways uh i think people pretty much got a extra episode the week before anyway so i kind of made it up i guess right <laughs> uh i'm not gonna defend it you're on okay. your own <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah uh, so my week has been uh, pretty busy. Uh, last Saturday, I mm-hmm. went to K Rock Weenie Roast. Oh, how'd that go? I, I saw lots of. Ah, uh, oh, so Snapchat. much fun! Yeah, yeah. So, the last time I went was two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was at the uh, Verizon Amphitheater in Irvine, but that's yeah. closed down. So they mm-hmm. moved it over to the StubHub Center in Carson. Oh, that's totally opposite direction. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, luckily it's not too far because you know how much I quote unquote love LA. <laughs> yeah, but luckily it's like you know it's it's pretty much Long Beach, North Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those that don't know who the sub sub center is, it's where the LA Galaxy play. Oh yeah, yeah, the Home Depot Center used to be. Uh yeah, and then mm-hmm. yeah, so apparently it's a soccer field, and then attached right next to it is a tennis court. So it's that's like when you go see a professional chess players. That's like mm-hmm. a, they have bleachers, they have everything. So that was the side stage, and the main stage was the actual soccer field. That's pretty badass. Yeah, so I was excited. So at the lineup was Blink-182, Panic at the Disco, 30 Seconds to Mars, Rise Against, Dirty Heads, uh, Cold War Kids, uh, The War on Drugs, which I never really listened to, but apparently they they won a lot of awards this previous year for uh, like Best Rock Band. Yeah. AWOL Nation, Bishop Briggs, uh, and the one of the biggest reasons I went was uh, Mike Shinoda. Yeah, I, I saw people were pretty emotional. Yeah, dude. So this was probably one of the, either the first or one of the first shows that Mike Shinoda has put out since uh, Chester Benningham uh, passed away. Mm-hmm. This was like a big moment because... A lot of people wondering if Linkin Park's going to continue or what's going to happen with the band now that Chester's out. And I got to say, I think this is more of a test for Mike Shinoda to see if he was going to be able to perform. And he did it, dude. He did a great job. He did a... It was a very short set, probably five or six songs. But he did a lot of his new stuff that he's been working on. Yeah. And the majority of which you can tell he wrote either during the time that Chester passed away or right afterwards. I, I wish, I mean, they're probably talking about it too. I, I think they're probably going to be working on a, a Linkin Park album and probably have, you know, guest people to actually, you know, come and finish the album or something. Kind of like a, a good tribute for Chester. Yeah, and that's the thing too, like uh, Mike even pointed out in the show, is like um, he wants to, he wanted to do some Linkin Park songs, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel right for him to bring out another person to sing Chester's part. Mm-hmm. So he asked the audience, I'll sing my part, and then I want the rest of you guys to sing Chester's part, because I think Chester would appreciate that. Yeah. I think that's so, usually what Chester always does, though, at uh, like park concerts, right? That's the thing, though. So usually it's like, he'll sing one line, and the next line, the audience will sing, right? 
Yeah. Or the chorus. I you, I think you showed I, I posted the video. The audience was singing like almost an entire verse and chorus, and Mike was just playing the key his keyboard. Mm-hmm. So I think like that was the emotional moment. Like holy crap! Like that. Like that's how many, that's how much love Link Park had there. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way with um, a lot of the DJs that are kind of oh. uh, you know. Um, dedicating their their dj sets to avici i feel the yeah. same way too yeah yeah i know you're right i we'd never mentioned it but yeah avici passed away a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. um, and yeah. uh, i i went to see avici and uh, i'm a big fan since the very beginning and i think i i said that in the show right yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah you mentioned it um yeah but so the rest of the show um that mike Sterno was headlining the side stage uh, I was kind of curious why he was on the main stage, but I guess he had another show in L.A. Um, that he was going to do. So he th- I think he wanted to finish this show early and then headed straight out over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the main stage, uh, one of the best performances I saw was uh, Bishop Briggs. She just has so much energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rise Against always kills it. Dirty Heads. I'm not... I wasn't a big fan of Dirty Heads, but they're a really fun band to watch live because they have so much, so many people like in the audience are fans and they just get up and dance around. Uh, one section even like kind of cleared out their seats and like just started dancing around like in their section. Yeah. I, I think that's the cool thing about the weenie Rose is you, you get the whole variety of different mm-hmm. artists and sometimes you're, you're not such a big fan of it, but when you see other people are, that are you know drinking the Kool Aid? You're like kind of like ah oh, okay you know, I think I'm cool too you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the Cold War Kids killed it. Rise Against the killed it. Thirty mm-hmm. Seconds to Mars, freaking a dude. Leto again. I I I was joking. I went my coworker, and I told him like I swear I'm gonna punch somebody if Jared Leto comes out like Jesus again. <laughs> and he's and he thought like I just meant the beard. Uh huh. He's like, oh, very funny. And, like, Jared Little comes out and he goes, holy crap, you look like Jesus. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were exaggerating. I'm like, no. And the second song he does is called Walk on Water. And I'm like, there you go. <laughs> so that's one of my down points of, like, I, I'm, 30 Seconds to Mars was fun, but, dude, like, I, I, I can't stand Little right now. Aren't they a Christian band? No, no, they're not. But he is very he is very spiritual though, like uh, just like kind of like be one with yourself with kind of stuff. Didn't they have like a concert inside of a church or something? Probably, but I don't think it's and religious. I, I think there's a couple of music videos too. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, no, I don't think so. I th- yeah. you might you might be thinking of uh, oh, we'll do the band, the, the Fray. No, <laughs> not the Fray. Yeah, no. Um. Yeah. So that that's pretty cool. That that's yeah. pretty much uh your whole weekend. Well, hold on. So Blink One Eighty Two. Uh-huh. I was excited to see that one. I it was fun, but dude, like I, I, I got over it quick. So so, so watching Blink Eighty Two One Eighty Two. Yeah. Watching Blink One Eighty Two now compared to what they used to be back in the days. What's the whole vibe? It's, uh, there's a lot of awkwardness. That's what I wanted to get to was, you can tell how much they've aged <laughs> since, uh, you know, you know, what's my name again came out mm-hmm. or what's my age again came out mm-hmm. and the audience, it's funny seeing like the parents and like the people that are, like our age or older were like singing their hearts out and like dancing around to it and like having fun. All the younger kids were like in their seats, kind of like looking bored or over it because <laughs> they didn't get it. Um, yeah, dude, I was, I was just, like cracking up. Uh, but besides that, besides Winnie Rose, which was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you noticed something weird about my talking, but I got Invisalign today. Oh, so braces, huh? Well, yeah, not traditional braces, but Invisalign, yeah. So I don't know if you can hear that lisp. Not really. Okay, good. I- I'm still trying to get used to them. They, yeah. they, yeah, I, oh, it's going to be, it's gonna be a long 18 months. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you don't really get comfortable when you have something in your mouth anyways. That sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyways. So let me tell you about my uh, weekend. I, I went to New York. 
uh, did a couple of things I've done before because uh, we had um, we had cousins that haven't been to New York before, so we kind of you know did different spots. Uh, like we try to cover as much of New York as we can, so then uh, we can do other things. But uh, I got a chance to see School of Rock, mm-hmm. Ooh, Broadway. Nice. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's it's pretty good, and I know they're they're doing that at the Pentages right now. So I highly recommend it if you have a chance to go see uh, School of Rock. I think the kids are really good at, in in School of Rock. Like, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Like they did a really good job with the cast in the movie. I was kind of curious how what the cast would be like on stage. Yeah, the kids would actually know how to play these instruments. There's a, a little pigtail girl that knows how to play the bass. Such a badass kid. Uh, there's an Asian kid that plays the piano. He's rocking it. Guy on guitar, amazing. Kid on drums, wow. It's ridiculously... Like, these kids... I don't know. I, I don't know how, the whole training process of uh, casting these kids. But, mm-hmm. wow, they're talented. I wonder if they almost handle it like a real band audition. I think so. Because... That Asian kid really knows how to play piano. Yeah, because let's say, like, it, I think it'd be harder to find kids that know how to act and just happen to know how to play an instrument rather than finding the people that know how to play an instrument and then narrowing it down from there. Well, that's the whole process of, uh, you know, being in a Broadway show. So you have to know how to sing and dance if you're doing musicals. Uh, and then, you know, when it comes to plays, you just act. Musicals are usually the one that is like, the multi-talented personalities that needs to be for those roles. So the music comes first. Yeah, I think so. That's cool. How much? Uh, I, and again, my question is always, how much were the tickets? Oh, uh, there, oh, dude. I woke up that morning. I think it was a Saturday morning, and I asked my cousins. I was like, "Hey, should we watch a Broadway show?" They're like, "Yeah, sure." And then you know, I, I have one of the cousins that don't really speak. English shot well, so I try to figure out what's the best show to watch where they can listen to the music and you know understand it a little bit because you know it's music. So I was like, oh, School of Rock, I had a good time. It's a family movie, and you know it, it's probably a really good show. So I went to Times Square where they have this ticket booth called TKTS, and usually when you go there, you can buy tickets that are anywhere from twenty percent off all the way to forty percent off, maybe even more. So I got uh, School of Rock 40% off. So the tickets were about 65 bucks total. Nice. Uh, original price was like um, probably 120 But uh, I-, I think that was a steal. So um, other than that, we pretty much did... Oh, no. I stood in line for like probably an hour and a half soaking in a rain oh, with no I- umbrella. I saw the storm... Um, or not storm, but like a video, uh, time elapse of the storm coming over New York. I'll post it on our social media <laughs> at the two LC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Sorry, go on. Yeah. So when I left the hotel that morning, I had no umbrella with me, and I didn't think that it was gonna be that long. So I just went ahead to the ticket booth, and I ended up staying there too long, and the. Uh, Rain just yeah, came. dude. It's like the biggest storm this year. So, <laughs> yeah, good job, Anton. Good job. <laughs> yeah, so my fiance had to bring me new underwear and all these other things. So just the underwear, nothing else. Just like yeah, you stay yeah, in your yeah. pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So other than that, uh, pretty much chowed down at Joe's Pizza, uh, which is in Greenwich Village, probably one of the best pizzas I've ever had. And also other things like uh, hand-pulled noodles that you've probably seen on uh, Worth It. How long were you there? Just the weekend? or? Uh, yeah, just the weekend. And okay. then uh, I head back uh, before Monday for work. But uh, yeah, that was pretty much my weekend. Nice. All right, so a nice busy weekend for us both. Mm-hmm. All right, Anton. Uh, we are pretty much 15 minutes in. Do you want to get into our first segment? Yeah, let's get into news. Yeah. Do you watch Gotham? No, I don't. 
Okay. So for listeners <laughs> that don't watch, <laughs> Gotham is the the story of Commissioner Gordon before he was Commissioner Gordon before there was a Batman. Mm-hmm. It's this the spin off of Batman, really. Uh, it's it just got renewed for another season, a smaller season to wrap up uh, the story, and I guess it's also going to show the transition to Batman. Batman. But the showrunner <laughs> is going to be staying around with Fox a little bit longer because he's pitching a new idea called uh, Pennyworth. Do you know that name? Yes, I do. Who is it? No cheating. Oh. I heard typing. <laughs> <laughs> I know who that is. It's Alfred. Yeah. So this is going to be the origin story of Alfred before he became a butler. Ah, okay. I thought he was always a butler. He was right. I know. Born into the family. Yeah. I thought he was you know, gray hair, mustache. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's going to follow more of his his younger self, probably like in his you know youthful youthful uh, adult years. When he was in the yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, though. it's when he was in the British Royal Army. Ah, uh. so you get to see Alfred be all badass. But it's weird, right? Spinoff of a spinoff. <laughs> uh, so far, first indications show that he's saying it's not going to take place in the same world as Gotham, but that just seems stupid if they don't connect them somehow. Yeah, it, it, DC Universe isn't really DC Universe. Unless they do what they're doing with uh, Marvel, so which is like, dude, like, what's going on with DC, man? Like, are, is everybody just running their heads cut off or something like that? Like, there's no, there's no communication, there's no planning. Everybody's just doing their own projects separately. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They got to go where the money's at, and that's where Marvel's heading. So that's true. Mm-hmm. All right, Anton, uh, what do you have for news? Alright, so uh, for news, there's a lot of uh, like TV show trailers that came out this week. And uh, I think they're trying to fall into the fall with these TV shows. And okay. I think uh, one of the first ones would be like Fox. Uh, they have a couple of new shows that are coming out. Uh, I think some of them might interest you. But uh, some of the ones that I thought that was really cool that's coming to Fox is... Um, uh, you're a big fan of Neil deGrasse, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Yes. Science. It's science. <laughs> so he has a show coming out called Cosmos, Possible Worlds. And I guess oh. it's kind of like a scientific show about, um, the cosmos. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if it's, uh, it's supposed to be promoted the second season of Cosmos. I think so. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Did mm-hmm. you ever see that? No, I didn't even see the first one. No. Oh, dude, it's on. I think it's on Netflix. You got to check it out, dude. It's a mm-hmm. good mind. It's a good mind trip. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I guess this is pretty much like you know going more mainstream because it's on uh, primetime TV. No, the the original Cosmos was also. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was uh, and the, the funny thing is, it, it got it became really popular, but it was a a planned miniseries of like I think only eight or ten episodes. Ah, okay. each one, each one with a cer- with a specific theme, mm-hmm. and I I like the way they set it up because it was, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of start off with something ordinary, mm-hmm. like pointing up to a tree and something like okay, so the tree sprouts out there and then it starts fragmenting there, mm-hmm. and then he goes into the story of the sciences that discovered it. And then he yeah. kind of shows like the real world applications of it, and then where it could lead us to. Mm, With okay. the great animations, great visual effects, like you, as, as somebody that's into, um, like directing and visual arts, you'll appreciate this show, dude. Kind of reminds me of when I was a kid looking through an encyclopedia, and then having like a whole section of stuff, but not just the regular encyclopedia. You would go on the computer and do the what is that thing called? Um, Encarta. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that. That That's kind of cool. Yeah. No, and and, and and it was uh designed for, you know, to, to entertain people that aren't necessarily into science or, or have a background in science. So. Oh, that's you, cool. You, you can go into it blind. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Good call. I'm into that one. Sold. <laughs> okay. That's the only thing that really stood out to me for the Fox uh, uh, fall lineup, uh, new shows. For ABC, there's a couple of them that kind of interest me. I'm a big fan of Nathan Fillion. 
uh-huh. um, and I'm guessing you are too. Mm-hmm. He is done with Castle, so there's pretty much nothing else for him but new roles. So there's this new show called The Rookie, and I'm guessing uh, uh, what this is about is uh, you know a guy going through midlife crisis, and he finds himself you know um, not having a family anymore, so. Mm-hmm. He joins the cops. Oh, I mean, when you're bored and drunk, might as well. Yeah, so that's what the show is about, and uh, that, that kind of interests me. So, uh, other than that, there's another show on. Oh yeah, there's another show on ABC that I'm also interested in is um, Robin Tooney's. You, you, you're familiar with her, right? Robin Tooney. Sounds familiar, but I don't think so. She's on that show called The Mentalist. Uh, I'll keep talking. I gotta pull up her because it does sound familiar. Yeah, she plays a uh, uh, Agent Lisbon on The Mentalist with uh, Simon Baker. I, I put tunic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's in this show called The Fix. It's kind of like um. O.J. Simpson. Basically, some guy committed a crime. They find him not guilty. But then, like, a decade later, he comes back. And they have motive on him. But this time, he killed somebody else. So, she's coming back to basically open the case back up and stuff like that. So, it's kind of interesting. More mystery. And I'm I'm really interested in her because uh, I had a good time watching her on The Mentalist. Okay. Oh, I recognize it. So I didn't watch The Mentalist, but I did see her on, um, <laughs> this is going to go way back, The Craft. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, that's really old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just saw her face. Well, she looks familiar. I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, she's also in Starship Troopers, too. The first one? Yeah. Ah, I, I don't recognize her from there. Oh, well. Yeah, it's been quite some time. Yeah. Rico's yeah. Roughnecks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright, that's pretty much it for me for oh. <laughs> that. <laughs> I thought you had like another network to go through. Okay. <laughs> oh, there is uh, CBS, but uh, the only thing that's on there, I think, that you've talked about is Magnum P.I. I haven't talked about that one. That one does sound kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years ago, I would have said, nah. But mm-hmm. after watching uh, Hawaii Five-0... Mm-hmm. I'm uh I'm I'm down I'm down to try another series. Okay, that's gonna so, be revamped. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> there was a joke from uh when I when I heard on the radio that they're gonna uh renew or not renew re- reboot Magnum PI. The joke was they're gonna give it to Donald Glover. <laughs> Cause you know he's in everything now. He's in music, movies, TVs. <laughs> like ah, it's probably Donald Glover. They want they want to put a magnum pi that's black you know switch it up a bit yeah hey since, since you're talking about donald glover what do you think about his uh music video that came out recently oh, you're gonna judge me so hard but i haven't seen it yet oh what okay let's watch it now then let's okay. get into our first time ever music video review in that video the song itself not that great <laughs> uh but yeah you can really tell 
he's trying to make a statement both with the guns, the shootings, the violence. There was a point in the song where he did point out, you know, I'm, I'm rocking Gucci's, which I think he's uh, making fun of a certain artist. And I think just rap and hip hop in, in general. Yeah, I, I personally, I, I think the music video does a very good job conveying a lot of messages, especially, you know, in America today on how society is and everything like that. I think he did a very well justice on trying to portray it. Um, music wise, I, I I don't know. I liked it. I I, I think uh, it kind of grows on you after a while because I've seen the music video probably like ten times already, probably more. Yeah. Mm. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, aka mm-hmm. Lando Calrissian, mm-hmm. aka uh, Aaron Miles. A.K.A. the Prowler, <laughs> yeah, it's just he's all over the place. But yeah, I mean, really, really talented guy, and I mean, big ups to him. He's over a hundred and almost a hundred fifty million views. It's Probably, got eighty million views in one day. Oh yeah, yeah, it doubled that like by the second day, or but right now it's like yeah. one hundred and forty something. Yeah, uh, it hit eighty pretty easily, and I think it's probably uh, one of. What are the biggest uh, videos on YouTube to hit 80 mil? So I think props to that. See, the thing is, I've been... It seems like every trailer, every video, it seems to break that record. So I'm wondering if something's going on there. Like what? Uh, Views, buying views, scheduling, promoting certain things. Because, I mean, at a certain point, you can't keep topping yourself. Or you can't keep topping records. At least not that, not that frequently. I don't think anyone has hit 80 mil in a while in one day. No, but, like, when a trailer comes out, uh, Deadpool comes out. Or Star Wars comes out. Yeah, or... but th- those only get, like, 5 to 10 million in a day. Oh. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, though. Yeah. When it comes to reporting, like, view counts and stuff like that, I'm very skeptical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I recommend people check out that video, not just listen to the song. Mm-hmm. All right, Anton. All right, ready to go on to our... Are we in movies yet? We're not in movies yet, right? No. Okay. So we'll leave our music segment. Oh, that's what it was. We were in our new music segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to movies really quick. Okay. Alright, Anton. Uh, before I go into... Actually, do you want to go to do your review now, or do you want me to do the news updates first for movies? Sure, I'll do it real quick. So, okay. so I got to see Deadpool a couple hours ago, and uh, just a little quick review. Just no spoilers. Uh, dude, I am as happy as I was watching the first one. And there's a couple of surprises that I really, really enjoyed where I'm like, wow, I am so happy that Ryan Reynolds and the writers and (laughs) whoever's behind the whole thing is able to put some stuff together, pull some strings together to get certain things into the movie. And I think it's so great. And uh, uh, pacing wise of the movie, really love the characters uh, the new ones and the old ones and some that we've been expecting for a very long time and it finally made it to an X-Men movie but it's not really an X-Men movie it's more of a Deadpool movie but I'm happy that it's there and I'm happy that Deadpool's really sharing a lot more of the X-Men universe in the series, so I'm 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 really happy for that. Uh, other than that, end credits. I don't know how I feel about the end credits, because <laughs> there's really not much. That's all I can say. Uh, so it, it wasn't anything as good as uh, was it uh, the Ferris Bueller Day Off? I mean, it it, it it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But uh. I, I, I'm pretty excited in a way, but 
I just wish I saw more of something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know what? And Ryan Reynolds is really good at promoting stuff. Uh, I love the ads he's been doing for uh, just on his personal Instagram. Mm-hmm. There's one of him just sitting in, in a director's chair in the Deadpool suit with the white background. And he's going over like the uh, Deadpool, how it became what it is. And he goes, in the beginning, 2008, we had an idea to make a movie. You know, <laughs> a, a Deadpool movie. And a lot of work went into it. 2009, the, what's it called? Uh, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, that that was not what we were envisioning. <laughs> and it's all, but 2000, I think it was a 2011 hit. And then the real, we took a real turn. And it shows uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was like a big mistake. Hey, I'll and tell lot, you what. I'll tell you what though. Yeah. Right, go ahead. You can no, finish that. Up. And he just goes. And a lot of stuff didn't happen for a couple of years, and then 2016 hit. Deadpool came out. I was very wasted that year, so I don't I don't remember that year that well. But I'm pretty sure that the movie did well. 2018's here, <laughs> and Deadpool 2's here. Like just stupid stuff like that, dude. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, I think he, I think the whole team of him. And uh, the uh, PR people just went nuts with whatever idea that they had. And it went as far as him going to Korea uh, to sing at a karaoke, like masked, masked yeah. karaoke event. And uh, people were like, oh, wow, he's singing in English. Oh, wow, he has a pretty good uh, pronunciation of every single English word. And then at the very end of the song, he takes off the mask and everybody goes crazy. People like all the stars in um, Korea would like go up to him and try to do selfies. And they're like, oh, my God, it's it's Ryan Reynolds. It's actually yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's um, crazy. Yeah. And the whole pretty much 7-Eleven right now is all Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All Deadpooled out. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. I think Josh Bolin as Cable, probably one of the best choices and I really enjoyed watching him play Cable. Uh, and that totally different than Thanos. Completely. Oh my god. Have you seen a... Have you seen a video of, of uh, Ryan Reynolds and Josh Brolin talking smack to each other? Oh yeah, the insults. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love that series. They do a, a bunch of other ones too. And yeah, that, that one's hilarious. Josh. Yes. You are a muffin-snuggling pirate puncher. That's your insult? Popeye puncher. Here's my first insult. Ryan, that was really funny. Okay, game on, Brolin. Okay. You're so old, you make dust look like a baby. (laughs) You're trying to process that, right? (laughs) You're tall. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff, and you still have no talent. Wow. <laughs> You're going to say that with a straight face to 1998's MTV Best Kiss nominee, Ryan Reynolds? I mean, Josh Brolin is not that good at insults, but the way he delivers it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want to mess with that guy. No. All right. Well, uh, cool. you probably did when he was in Goonies. Oh, I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll probably try to check out Deadpool this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything planned, but we'll see. All right, so new announcement. Um, Star Wars might have its next uh, individual origin story. Uh, yeah, I don't care about Lando right now. I just wanted to see another Kenobi movie. Well, Kenobi's coming out. Yeah. They're, not, they're not saying that Lando, well, and that's the announcement, that Lando can get his own movie. Yeah. Um, but he said he's next, meaning the next one after like the 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 newest announcement is gonna be a, a Lando movie. Doesn't mean yeah. it's gonna be before the Kenobi movie. Yeah, so it fine. could be during. Well, that's the thing. Once this trilogy ends, they're gonna have a lot of space left open because they're all. I mean, can they re- really only release one Star Wars movie a year? Probably two. No, no, I mean, at this point, what their plan this year was to do three. Three? Oh, you're right. Yeah, but then they the whole thing where they had to um, 
skip out on directors yeah. kind of mess everything up. Yeah. No, but I'm saying the I mean, once this this trilogy ends with Ray and Finn, that's a lot of like space to fill out, like a lot of story to fill out. So they need to either start re- start releasing more Star Wars story movies or they're going to have to start a different trilogy altogether. Well, they're already working on uh, the new trilogy, of course, with uh, uh, Ryan Johnson being um, the helm of it. And John Favreau's doing the TV show. Yeah, see, TV, I, I don't count that, I don't count TV um, as part of that franchise. Like, mm-hmm. I, I see, because the movies are the harder things to keep alive. The series or TV shows, they tend to, you know, pop up for a season or two or two or three seasons and then they 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 end the story which is smart better than dragging it out yeah but i don't think they're gonna cheap out on the tv show because uh, from what john favreau said he said that he's gonna use a lot of the technology on what he did with jungle book oh that's gonna be really good Mm -hmm. because i mean i i really thought jungle book was gonna be like you know uh really really cheesy but oh my god it's so good hmm yeah, no, Jungle Book surprised me. I thought I was really um, skeptical at first, but I mean, within the first ten minutes, you forget that they're all CGI. Okay, so since we're already talking about movies, um, I think there was a movie coming out this year, something about Muppets, Melissa McCarthy. What? Yeah, it, it's not a real Muppets movie. It's it's. Uh, well, while you look that up, I'll make the next announcement. Uh, the next one is uh, Zombieland Two. Is planning to come out uh, October of next year. That's good. With the original cast. With the original cast. Everybody's on board. Uh, I think it's going to be the 10-year anniversary also. I'm pretty... I'm excited to watch it and eat Twinkies. That's all I care about. Oh my god, dude. You can already imagine <laughs> how many like people are going to be sneaking in Twinkies or whatever. Or, if the theater's smart, they'll do like a Twinkie like vending machine or whatever in the lobby for the for the premiere. Yeah. Great way to sell Twinkies. Oh, freaking eight. That Mexican company that bought twi- uh, Hostess is going to be so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Good product placement. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. So when I was watching Deadpool, they had Deadpool 2. They had a bunch of trailers at the very beginning. And one as of they the trailers, as they always do, <laughs> long ass trailers, probably like uh, 20 minutes long. Oh, Jesus. I hate those. Yeah. So they had this red band trailer for a movie called. Happy Time Murder. Mm. That's in our draft. Is it? Yeah. When does it come out? I think it's August. Okay. I think this movie is such a big, oh my god, such a huge hit. Because during the trailer, people laughed their asses off so hard that even when the trailer ended it, it went to Ant-Man trailer, and people were still laughing throughout the whole entire trailer. Yeah, Tom, you're not going to be happy. Why? Uh, because it comes out the same weekend as Crazy Rich Asians, August 17th. Oh, well, that movie's going to do fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, but dude, it's freaking hilarious. The The trailer's not even online. <sighs> oh, the Red Band one? Uh, yeah, the Red Band one. They'll probably release it Tuesday. If they if yeah. they came for the Deadpool Deadpool premiere, it'll come out Tuesday or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, Julie was sitting next to me and she was laughing her butt off throughout the whole entire trailer and also the next trailer that well, was. Well, it's funny. a good cast: Melissa McCarthy, Elizabeth Banks, Joel H- McHale, uh, Maya Rudolph, Leslie David Baker, Jimmy Jimmy Yo Yang, and Dana Sh- Sheck. Check. Uh huh. It's a good cast. Good, good com- I mean, it's almost like an SNL cast. I think this is what Jason Siegel always wanted to do, like, May- years ago. Yeah, that, when I read the description, that's kind of what I thought, too. Yeah. Uh, what, what kind of uh, inspired that one moment in um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one... I, I, I have a feeling that that August 17th date is going to change to either early August or July. Yeah, to uh, get a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, uh, we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah, this is not definitely for kids. 
Definitely oh, no. not for kids. No, and that's one of the things that's misleading, just because it's an, well, not animated, but because it has puppets, it's not for kids. Yeah. All right. Uh, last announcement. Uh, Predator. We're going to get a Predator Ooh. movie. I know you're a big fan of the alien alien movies and Predator movies. Oh, yeah. Always been a big fan. Big yeah, fan so... of the video games, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to play the video games, actually. Uh, I played... Uh, um... Aliens vs. Predator Online. Such mm-hmm. a good game. Yeah, so we're looking at uh, Predators coming out September 2019. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, the leading man in the movie. Who is I it? Forgot, I forgot his name all of a sudden. Uh, but he was also in uh, uh, Narcos. He played one of the lead roles. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm assuming there's going to be a complete revamp, right? It's not going to be a sequel or anything like that because uh, they need to kind of restart the, the franchise. Kind of like what they did with, uh, no, I guess Prometheus wasn't really a reboot. That was more of a prequel. I'm not so sure because in, in the trailer, you, you see the little kid getting a shipment somewhere. Uh-huh. And there's a Predator. Shimmer. No, not sure. Predator uh, technology, uh, all the gadgets that he had in that box. And the kid was playing with it. So it means that Predator has been there already. I'll say that doesn't sound safe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, oh, oh, oh yeah, um, Olivia Munn is in it too. Oh, the Munn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. She, ever since X-Men, she's kind of gotten more uppity than usual. Yeah, I, I think she's trying to up her game in the um, acting world, and I really like the old her during oh. Attack of the Attack of the Show. Yeah, that's when she was more fun. The, the shorts yeah. she would do, but then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but once you once she got X Men, all of a sudden she thinks she's all that. I think it's Magic Mike. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. All right, Anton. Uh, bef- uh, let's go to. Uh, Books really quick. I know we kind of touched on it last time for mm-hmm. one of the rare ca- occasions, but uh, I thought I would bring it back for another segment. Okay, so, sure. To the books. All right, All since we're already talking about books, let me just tell you what I thought about the ending of Armada. Okay. Ah. <sighs> Oh, because you didn't, you hadn't finished at the time, huh? Yeah, I didn't finish at the time, but I don't know. I thought, I thought the the, the last part of the book is pretty weak. I I really enjoyed the action that was in the very end, but I was I was expecting so much more. Um, the ending was uh, kind of like a, a M Night Shyamalan kind of twist. Mmm. But I didn't really like it as much, and um. I was hoping for something more original, yeah. But it's too much of Ender's game. He can't get. He can't escape it. Yeah. Yeah. That, too that, much that, of that. The references, the pop culture references. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's right. kind of that's, that's kind of a it. downer. But mm-hmm. do you still recommend the book overall, though? Besides the yeah, the it, it's a great uh, uh, beginning, middle, and I was expecting a whole lot more with him and this girl. Uh-huh. But uh, there wasn't so much of that. I was expecting no. a lot more. Oh, that's a downer. All right. Well, since we're kind of doing books that you know are sequels or in the series of, of one of our, some of our favorite authors, uh, I checked out Artemis, who's uh that's written by Andy Weir. People might recognize that name as the writer of The Martian. Hmm. Hmm. So this one takes place on the moon. It follows a smuggler named Jazz Bashara. She's a she comes from a somewhat wealthy family, but she kind of just separates herself from her father and does her own thing, very independent. And throughout the book, you start seeing the mistakes she's she's made, but and what kind of led to those mistakes. It's a fun book, dude. It's a I can't even think. Of it. It's it's a corporate espionage movie on the moon interesting so it's funny because like there's times when you forget that it's 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 on the moon so you have all these like 
scenes where it just sounds like a. So is it kind of like a a, a a deeper inner city on the moon, or is it like kind of like? Um... So so it's a it's a lunar colony or a city, uh-huh. a small city called uh, Artemis. Yeah. And it's a kind of like a bubble bubble town. It's on the surface. Oh, so it's kind of like uh, what we imagined back in the eighties. Like, all the pictures and everything at Disney and stuff saying that we're going to live on the moon someday. Yeah. yeah. So, and, but except that it's a, it's a metal dome. It's not, you can't see the sky through the, oh. the dome. Uh, so, it's so kind of like the Jetsons, but no clear glass. Yeah. So, and and the moon is a, is a travel destination. They go into, you know, how much it kind of costs for them to travel. Uh, pretty much it's like wealthy families can afford it. People like their middle class can maybe afford it once in their life, and anybody that's like lower income will never go to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I, you know, one thing we love about Andy Weir is he goes into so much detail and explains just how much of a problem certain things are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it goes to the fact that uh, even explaining what the, what the lunar dust is. Um, so there's a scene. There's a a part of the book where the main character Jazz goes outside of the moon because she's trying to become, uh, uh pretty much a a, a moonwalker. Uh, so she's trying to be Michael Jackson. No, <laughs> 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 but like those exo, like the people that go outside and explore the the lunar surface, or have to do, or have to be like mechanics to fix a dome or install other stuff. They have to go through cleansing every time they go outside and come back in. Because the dust is not only like a problem to clean off, but because it's like there's no since there's no weather on the moon, there's no water, the dust isn't smoothed out, so it's like little jagged barbed wire pieces if you breathe it in. Ah, uh, so it's kind of so it's like it's very dangerous stuff like that. So yeah, like, very hazardous. Yeah. yeah, so like she'll just go as far as explaining that. Um, there's a part in the book where. She's trying to kind of work with this like a, a automatic uh, mining machine, mm-hmm. and you know there's no sound on in space, so she's like she's she's trying to like work on some electronics, and then all of a sudden she's just, she feels a sharp pain to her side, and it turns out that one of the arms of the machine fell and hit her side, but because there's no sound, she never realized it until it was already hitting her. Man, this really m- reminds me of The Martian. And that's the thing, though. So it's The Martian, but instead of a survival book, it's more, uh, you know, it, a one company trying to sabotage another company, uh, economy manipulation. It's it, it's a lot of stuff that you would, like, see on... Th- that could easily just be its own book on Earth. Just, you know, and uh, it could take place in New York or L.A., Mm-hmm. But because it takes place on the moon, it has like some more twist and another level of detail. It's really fun, dude. And if you liked um, the main character of The Martian, you're going to like the main character of this one. Because they have the same kind of like sarcasm and, and self-realization of what their weaknesses are. Yeah. Can you imagine in the future all of the all of the people would be trying to colonize these worlds and... Who's going to govern it? You know, oh. I, I know that the U.S. would want to govern everything. So that's that's part of it, too. So in this book, uh, for whatever reason, they didn't really go into detail what happened. But uh, I think it was, oh, it's an African country. Wakanda. No, no not Wakanda. But that'd be cool, though. Uh, I forgot what country it was. But it was this country in Africa, uh, their economy turned around so much that they were able to build their own space program. And they're the ja- ones that kind of Jamaica. Like, that's not in Africa. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> uh, that and also that's racist somehow. <laughs> uh, the, they were the ones that managed to like get the space program going and started colonizing and building the city on the lunar surface. And their law, because it's a very small community, they don't really have you know police enforcement or a judicial system. Their method, if somebody does something wrong, is they deport them off the moon and they send them to whatever country their victims are from. 
So if a uh, American got mugged or beaten up by, I don't know, an Australian, the Australian will be sent back off to the moon. To New Zealand. No, to the United States. Oh. To to be to be tried by American law because they're the they wronged an American. And I just realized how centric that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's stuff like that. Like that's one thing about Andy Weir. He he goes into he he explains stuff like that. Like you wouldn't think of, thought about you know like you said, you know what what would the law be? Who would be running it? Uh, and in the in this case, it's corporate corporately run. The moon is owned by corporations. That sounds pretty intense, dude. It's yeah. a really it's a really I, good book, dude. You need to check I, this out. I think out. he I probably really thought about every single thing, every single detail. You, you know how he is with his research too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, and you'll like this one because because uh, you're doing the audio version for the art for Armada, right? Yeah. The, the audio version for Artemis is uh, read by Rosario Dawson. Oh yeah, she's been doing a lot of uh, audiobooks recently. She's really good, dude, and she has a great voice for for um, narration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. So yeah, check it out, dude. Artemis to the moon. And this week's sponsor is Audible. Moon pies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anton. Anything else? We're gonna wrap nope, this up. I think that's it. Let's wrap it up. All right. If people want to support us going to the moon one day, how can they do that? They can go to www.thetoc.com and purchase stickers or T-shirts. And if they're interested in something that uh, is on our show that we talked about, they can click anywhere on our website that has show notes or the banner. And it'll take them to Amazon and it'll give us a little kickback when they purchase something. All right. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, you can follow us on social media at the 2LC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can send us an email to mail at the 2LC.com. Anything else, Anton? I think we're good. We're clear. Nope. I think we're golden. All right, guys. Have a good one. I'm Al Flores. And I'm Anton Dua. These uh, Invisalign are really messing up my uh, speech pattern. <laughs> 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 Alright, have a good one. Nice.